Hello, and welcome to The Setback, stories of resilience and getting the fuck back up. I'm your host, Dr. Erica Canella. We've reached that wonderful and terrible time of the new year. It's a sensory overload of, well, let's be real, negative messages. Did you know you're too fat, too old, and are generally a garbage person? There's nothing like an aggressive New Year's marketing campaign to make you feel like crap. I think we all fall prey to the idea that New Year equals new you. I certainly feel it, you know, that pressure. I'm all about developing better habits and taking steps to be a better person. But these adverts and promotions are so in your face. And for me, yes, they do make me think about the damn gym. Botox and completely changing my entire personality because old year, old you is apparently very, very shit. So here's my question to you Do you have New Year's resolutions? I think most people do. However, I think since 2020, we've all taken a bit of a step back and maybe lost some of that arrogance that went with thinking we have any control over the big stuff. The pandemic really made everything weird. And for a control freak who loves making plans like myself, it gave me a very rare opportunity to humble myself. Over the last few years, I've thought a lot about control. When my dad was diagnosed with cancer, my therapist introduced me to the circles of control. So essentially what you do is uh, you draw three circles. The instruction is in the name. Hey, hey. So the circles are then labeled uh, things you can control, things you cannot control, and things you can influence. It seems like a really obvious way to look at things, but for me it was kind of revolutionary. Oh, right. I don't have control over everything. And actually, I don't have control over most things. It was a little bit mind blowing. I think I think that the pandemic showed us that lack of control in a big, big way. You want to make plans to visit family? (laughs) Too fucking bad. You want to be able to buy toilet paper? (laughs) That's really cute. I mean, what a weird time to be alive, to essentially be trapped at home. I think for a lot of us, it held held a mirror up to who we truly were and showed us that the main thing we can control is ourselves, what we do, how we react, and how we think, not only in a global pandemic, but on a daily basis, which leads us back to resolutions resolutions, right? I have no big resolutions to be a better me. For the most part, I'm quite fond of me. I'm still trying to figure out what my post-PhD life will look like. Uh, A lot of that involves being kind to myself and not giving myself unrealistic goals and certainly goals that center around things I can't control. But I do have one. And it's the subject of today's episode. So my setback 
is that I don't drive in the UK and I need to change that this year. Most people I meet find this very surprising. I grew up in the US where driving is essentially a rite of passage. But here, it's never really been a priority. So with that said, I love driving. My dad taught me how to drive in the middle of winter. Delaware was particularly susceptible to ice storms. And that did not matter to my dad. We were going out, whatever the weather. My dad always wanted me to be independent. And while I like to think he was looking out for my adult future, I think that he was truly tired of being my chauffeur. So we'd drive around the farm and on fairly desolate country roads. Uh, he told me repeatedly uh, that I drove like an old grandmother and encouraged me to drive with more gusto. So I did. When I was 16, my dad bought me a car that in retrospect was way too much car for a dumbass 16 year old to handle. It was powerful and fast. And I thoroughly enjoy driving way too fast on country roads in rural Delaware. To this day, I'm not entirely sure how I didn't kill myself or anyone else on the road. I was a true moron behind the wheel. Thankfully, like most dumb, dumb teenagers, I grew out of that. When I moved to Texas, my love of driving and the open road only grew. At the time, the Dixie Chicks song, oh, nope, the Chicks, the Chicks uh, song, Wide Open Spaces, uh, was hugely popular. And it was sort of an anthem to me. It's a song about growing up and leaving home and really just captures the optimism and hope of a young woman making her way into the world. That was me. Living in Texas means you have to drive everywhere. And gosh, you, you've never experienced that American road trip experience if you've never driven through Texas. I spent a lot of time in Texas alone, driving with a pile of CDs on the passenger seat and a large cherry limeade from Sonic in the cup holder. I drive to visit my family in different parts of Texas, and you really cannot gauge the vast hugeness of the state until you've driven it from north to south. Um, I made this epic road trip quite often as my grandparents lived in very south Texas, about 30 minutes from the Mexican border town of Piedras Negras. And I lived in North Texas, about 45 minutes from Oklahoma. It would take me about seven hours to get there on a good day. And when I needed to go visit my parents, it never even crossed my mind to fly. I wanted to drive. I love endurance driving. Just seeing how long I could drive in one day. Um, my my record is 18 hours, and I really don't recommend driving that long. I was in tears by the time I stopped. 
but I really wanted to drive from Delaware to Louisiana in one day. I failed. I think I only made it to Auburn, Auburn, Alabama. So not even remotely close. It was terrible. Not, not impressive at all. Anyway, um, I was, I was also prone to just getting in, in the car and driving like with no destination in mind. Um, one afternoon I ended up driving to Wichita, Kansas. I was just driving along interstate 35 northbound and sort of, I'd see the next city on the sign. And so you go from sort of Dallas and then the next city on the sign is like Oklahoma city. And the next city after that was Wichita, Kansas. And so I just, just drove, I just drove along the interstate until I was bored. I stopped for a burger and drove back home. That was what I did. I really like driving. Um, I love it. So what the hell happened? Truth be told, for starters, I didn't think I'd live here for very long. For one reason or another, I, I really didn't think I'd end up sticking around. So for me, learning how to drive on the other, other side of the car, on the other side of the road, it just wasn't a priority. Um, a, a lot of people have the misconception that a U.S. driver's license, if you have a U.S. driver's license, it, it means you can just get a UK one, like it's an exchange program. That is a myth. In order to drive here, I have to take a written and practical test. Again. I mean, I did that 28 years ago. God, 28 years ago. I have, I toyed with the idea of getting my license. I had a few lessons maybe in 2010. And the instructor told me that I was an arrogant, aggressive, and dangerous driver. That was enough for me to say, fuck this shit. I don't need the stress. The idea of having to pass tests to do something I've been doing for most of my life just seemed more hassle than it was worth. But I thought about it. And then I had two driving incidents in the States that scared the living shit out of me. I was T-boned on the driver's side by an elderly woman uh, driving a massive SUV by my dad's house. She claimed that my green car blended in with the grass. Um, that bitch was driving a tank, and I have my doubts she could even see properly over the steering wheel. Her tank slammed into me, sending me flying around the intersection, barely missing trees in a telephone pole. I had some bruises, but that was it, thankfully. Uh, that accident made me a terribly shitty passenger for a while. I was always looking out for cars about to crash into my door. And then the following year, um, while driving from Texas to Delaware in late January, an 18-wheeler on the interstate in western Arkansas kicked up a rock that smashed the passenger window. Uh, I looked over and my partner was covered in glass. Uh, that drive is a story in itself, but we ended up driving halfway across the country in freezing cold weather with a plastic-covered window. Uh, the noise from that flapping plastic meant we couldn't listen to music, couldn't talk, and it was the most wretched road trip in history. So 
Yeah. But now I've been here for 17 years and it looks like I'll probably be here for the rest of my life. I don't have a PhD to break my brain anymore. And that was my excuse for not learning how to drive for many years. I really miss the freedom that comes with driving. My dad didn't raise me to be an avid user of public transportation. He also didn't raise me to rely on other people. I mean, what is the point of ice driving lessons if I was going to waste away being someone's car passenger? Yes, that is deeply dramatic. It's not that bad. Um, But it does hold me back a lot. I mean, what is my life if I can't just hop in the car and drive to random places? So what's really held me back besides the trauma of those two incidents? Well, a few things, really. Like I mentioned earlier, I find driving on the other side of the car really disorienting. Um, The other side of the road, I think I can get used to. But the main thing above all others holding me back from driving, narrow roads. Americans don't have dumb single track roads like this. We like everything big, and that includes the width of the road. Also, when cars are parked on both sides of the street and you have to maneuver with cars driving in the opposite direction, it's hell on earth for me. It's just too narrow. Just talking about it fills me with anxiety. I hate the tiny impractical roads so much. But this is a podcast about showing resilience. And while I haven't actually done it yet, I guess putting it out there is demonstrating intent. So how do I push through the fear? (sighs) To be honest, I think I just have to do it. I need to book my theory test. No, I'm pass it. And then I need to find a driving instructor who isn't such a tremendous prick. I'm being held back by this apprehension And it's holding me back from a lot of opportunities to have fun. But fear. Sometimes, maybe all the time, the fear of doing something is so much worse than the reality of actually doing it. I'm sure you can think of countless examples where you were scared to do something, did it, and then thought, hey, that wasn't so bad. So let's bust out those circles of control, uh, see those suckers in action, and manage the shit out of this situation. Okay, so what can I not control here? Um, Other drivers, for sure. Uh, The terrible UK road network. Houses that don't have sufficient driveway space, so people have to park in the street. Uh, This ancient country that that wasn't built for cars and um, rocks on the road. You can't control those. Um, I mean, just at a glance, that feels solid enough. Uh, Next circle, what can I influence? Uh, I think that circle might be blank. I, I don't think I can be influential in this situation. Okay, now, my favorite of all the circles. What can I control? So I can book the theory test. I can study for it. 
I can find a nicer driving instructor by making an informed choice, um, by being very real and asking the right questions and expressing my concerns. I can have a confident attitude and I can remember that driving here will be worth it. Now, I know damn well that actually doing those things I am in control of isn't as easy as flipping a switch, but it's really helped to, to draw those circles. This is honestly the most progress I've made in this endeavor for well over a decade. So yay me! We will see how this goes. I remain hopeful. In the meantime, I will be the same old me, trying to be a better person, one day at a time. Being mindful of the things I cannot control, and more grateful for this amazing brain I am in control of most of the time. So something I'd love to do on this podcast and its corresponding website, www.thesetback.co.uk, is share resources. I love self-help books, apps, websites, you name it. We're very privileged to live in a time where so much is available online. Now, every episode, my guests, and yes, sometimes like today, the guest will be me, um, will share resources they love. For this episode, I want to share my love of the Calm app. I'm a huge, huge fan. I am shockingly shit at being still, um, but the guided meditations chill me out and serve as kind of a reset for the day. Uh, there are a ton of features in the app, um, but I am evangelical about their sleep stories. There are a lot of different kinds of stories and many famous faces have lent their equally famous voices to the series. I have no idea how any of the stories end. And that's a very good thing. So it's definitely worth having a look if you're in the market for some chilled out meditations or falling asleep quickly. And that's the show. Thank you for listening. This has been The Setback. <laughs>